Truth Espresso, episode 179. Face it, we all would rather sleep in this morning. That's why God gave us espresso to kickstart our zombified corpses into hyperdrive. And now, giving your mind and soul the morning shot of truth it craves. This is Truth Espresso with Daniel Minnick. Hey there, this is Daniel Minnick to all you Truth Espresso fans and friends and family and uh, lurkers alike. I am here with my sweet, beautiful co-host and wife, Chelsea. We're going to continue talking about the Dobbs versus Jackson case and uh, what's going on with the Supreme Court leak. So, sweetheart, ready to get into it? Yes. And so, if you haven't listened to the last episode, you probably at least have heard the news. Uh, We talked about the Supreme Court leak, and we went into some of the information in the leak, the draft of the decision that is likely to pass sometime in June, possibly a little earlier. Depends on what the Supreme Court has scheduled. But we went through some salient points in the ruling to show that it's not judicial activism. In fact, it was a response to the judicial activism of Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey and basically writing legislation in the Supreme Court rulings in those cases. And the draft points that out and demonstrates how that's not the purpose of the Supreme Court, that these cases were badly decided, that they were very flawed, and that the question of abortion should be returned to the states like it was before Roe versus weight. And that has a lot of abortion advocates in a frenzy right now. And abortion advocacy right now seems to be quite different than it was back in 1973 with Roe versus Wade. Sure, obviously abortion is killing human beings, but the way people kind of support abortion now is a lot different, a lot more advanced, if you could say that, than it was then. At that time, there were still a lot of Americans who believed in debating things and in free speech, but today, people believe that violent threats are their form of speech and their form of debate, and so we'll look at that, because now we're going to get into some of the aftermath of the Supreme Court leak, as we are in the stretch toward the decision and And why someone leaked, possibly anticipating what was going to happen until the ruling. And so, let's talk about that, sweetheart. (laughs) Does it seem to you like these abortion advocates are like just sweet, loving, caring people who care about women's health and want to uh, prove things with their arguments? (laughs) Is that what we have observed um, following the leak? (laughs) No, and I think you described it exactly right on that there's such a shift in how the pro-abortion activists even behave. I remember just even a few years ago when you would have discussions with some of the pro-abortion people, you know, it would get heated on their side, but you were still cordial and it was still going back and forth, having a dialogue between what they think, what we think, and now it's totally different. It's like they don't even care what we have to say or even entering a discussion about it. It's all about we're right, you're wrong, we're going to even use force or like you said, violence to make that obvious. I know it seems like there's a a lot of abortion advocates, even a few years ago, who weren't totally familiar with the strength of the pro-life or abolitionist arguments for preserving the life of babies, like what is the unborn, and they might have had answers to what they thought were some of the challenges against abortion, but now it seems like this new crop of indoctrinated Gen Z or, you know, young millennials 
girls, they've grown up knowing nothing but pro-abortion propaganda without even teaching, okay, this is what the other side actually argues. It's just, this is why they do things. It's just the patriarchy just trying to take away people's rights, and so we gotta fight against that. And <laughs> Do you have a clip of... Yeah, found of someone kind of substantiating that point that (laughs) yeah people are just repeating the rhetoric that they've been brought up on they're not even thinking for themselves yeah and we'll get into that a little bit there is abortion activist who was uh testifying in congress and then you know she pretty much totally melted with the slightest questions of to challenge her position (laughs) yeah and we'll see that seems to be more and more as things get more Marxist, they get less educated and aware of what the opposition actually argues and believes. It's a complete straw man <laughs> understanding of anti-abortion or pro-life teaching and beliefs. So the first thing I want to get to, if we're kind of doing a little bit of a timeline since the leak, which happened on May 1st. Oh, was it May 1st? Oh, May 2nd. Okay. Yeah, it was May 2nd. Okay, off by an off by one error there. (laughs) (laughs) Off by one day. So May 2nd, the leak. Yeah, so then we had uh, Mother's Day and abortion activists planned protests on Mother's Day and then they stretched it out kind of for a week. Oh, was there something before that? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Something that I think is interesting. Okay, so like you mentioned, the leak was on May 2nd. Oh, yes. May 3rd, the very next day, the pro-abortions present a bill called the Senate.4132 entitled Women's Health Protection Act of 2022. And then it was voted on on May 11th. Oh, yeah. So this was a (laughs) fast track. Oh, yeah. Like a day after the leak. So it makes it even a little more suspicious that the leak was done to kind of give a heads up to the pro-choice people. Like, Hmm. look, it's headed this way. We need to do something now. Yeah, I know they had this kind of bill planned in the works for a little bit, but it's kind of like a, okay, it's now or never. And I don't know how much they thought they had a chance of getting this passed, but it was almost kind of like a, okay, we want to see where your loyalty is. You know, the Democrats want to, litmus test the loyalty of their members you know you better show you're loyal to this you know your pure loyalty to our agenda which is you know abortion with no limitations up until birth for any reason whatsoever stuff like that (laughs) yeah so that bill was interesting because the title of it says women's health protection act after that title there is no mention of woman oh, yeah. in the rest of the bill. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, the title must have existed how many months ago before you can no longer define what a woman is. <laughs> Not only that, if it's a bill to try and protect women's health, you would yeah. think that you would mention protecting women's health oh, throughout yeah. the bill. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. So, I mean, the title is deceptive and that's what the pro-choice, pro-abortion people are about, just having deception and lies to cover up their actual evil intent behind it and it was interesting i stayed up kind of late one night listening to the discussion on this and just seeing the votes come through and stuff because it's kind of interesting to hear that and see all of that and the first vote they took it was the 50 50 Mm. so then they had to do another vote and then that one came back 49 51 shutting it down with the 51 so they couldn't bring it any further. And somehow Vice President Kamala Harris was talking about the last part of the voting part of it and read, you know, what the results were and stuff. And she was interviewed afterwards and she was so upset about this. And I mean, just a couple other senators that were just downright nasty about calling anyone who's Republican, like MAGA Mm. Republicans, and that this just shows how people that want abortion to be a right need to get out and vote because the midterms are coming up and this is just kind of a 
glimpse of what things could be like if they don't stand up and protect abortion rights. And you know, mm-hmm. it was interesting because I feel like a lot of this debate, they're not just staying on <laughs> the actual issue at hand, mm-hmm. abortion. They keep trying to pull in all these other things. Oh, yeah. oh okay. If Roe v. Wade gets overturned, yeah. then... Next, the LGBTQ people yeah, are going to be scaremongering. Yeah, <laughs> racial discrimination is going to oh, yeah. happen, and like how many times they would claim that what's next? You know, banning interracial marriage. When it's like, um, I don't think that this court is going to do that because you know Clarence Thomas, who's African American, is has a white wife, so I don't think he's going to nullify his own marriage. You know, <laughs> like the shows just how out of touch some of these people are. Like, there are very, very few people in the United States who actually think that so-called interracial marriage is actually wrong, you know. But they redefine things. They lump anything that they would be against into one personification, and that's the far right. You know, they're just against people's rights for the sake of, you know, being against rights. You know, like they're just mean, evil people who want to get rid of people's rights so they can laugh at them or something. You know, it's like they really have this awkward characterization of anyone who's against whatever their agenda is. And. <laughs> So I'll just mention a few of the points that this bill made and see if you (laughs) think it sounds familiar to anything. (laughs) So one of the points is that, you know, abortion is a fundamental right, (laughs) that healthcare providers cannot provide women with any information that could persuade them one way or another. So they can't (laughs) give them ultrasounds. They can't show them pictures of human development Mm. because that could persuade them to change their mind and keep the baby. (laughs) It's like, okay, so in other words, they can't give them facts. Right. And this limits any providers from being able to use, they call it the conscious clause. It was actually comes from the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. And this bill, if it passed, it would have actually overruled the Religious Freedom Act to where providers can stand up for what they believe is good medical practice and what they believe goes against even their own conscience. And so that would force providers to have to perform an abortion, have to prescribe birth control methods, have to do assisted suicide different things like that that are considered ethical issues. And right now, providers have the option of saying, under my conscience, and it could be religious even, that they don't feel comfortable partaking in that. And that's fine. They should be protected. But this would actually allow them to be fired or let go or potentially not even hired if that is what their stance is. So it just opens up a lot for limiting providers in how they care for their patients. And another issue with this was, again, looking at safety part of it, minors can have access to abortions without any parental notification or parental consent. It opens up the telemedicine part of providing abortion pills through mail or just a quick consult over the phone or computer. And when these people were asked to kind of clarify what they mean by the stage of development, like when is an abortion not okay? Is it before viability or after viability? And the pro-abortion's response to this was that the doctor determines for each case when the baby is viable. And so they clarified, okay, if the baby's one week old or one month old, like what's the difference between that? And they said, again, the doctor determines when a baby is viable. And I know that we talked about this before. So does some of these topics stand out to you from what we recently experienced in our own state? (laughs) Yeah, when we were testifying or you were testifying Was it the Senate? Yeah, the Senate um, hearing on the bill HB 1279. Yeah, you're right. Like the HB 1279 addresses all these issues. So it was kind of like the Colorado bill Mm. written to go before the Senate to become federal law. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it seems like the Democrats are pretty united on this, and it's kind of like, okay, you know, years ago, they could have had different levels of disagreement on what was considered an okay abortion versus, okay, this is a little too far, but now that it's like, okay, it's almost become dogma for the Democrats to have the position on abortion that just doesn't make any even attempt at being related to science at all. It's just turn doctors into gods who could determine whether something's human or not based on their whim or (laughs) yeah and the idea of okay well could you have post-birth abortions and you know the partial birth abortions or just deliver a baby you know and then just dispose of it or expose it or whatever and then the questions come up of, well, so at what point does a human begin to have rights? And no one can answer that. It's, you know, it turns into, once again, the strong determine what the vulnerable are allowed to do. You know, it's only if you're, if you're in my graces, if I decide because it's convenient for me that you actually have value. Well, thank goodness that Bill was shot down for now. You know, hopefully the Lord will have mercy on this nation and not allow that kind of bill to pass Congress and make abortion without apology for you know, all reasons, anytime, you know, with no consent, hiding facts, you know, punishing people for providing medical facts that would persuade anyone not to get an abortion like that kind of thing passing for all 50 states you know and not allowing conscience and stuff forcing people to you know you can't be a christian medical provider that kind of thing (laughs) so yeah we move on to the protests for dobbs versus jackson so we have mother's day and (laughs) there were protests planned for mother's day at different churches in some of the bigger cities and yeah and i think it's really sick to i mean of course abortion itself is sick but the idea of protesting on you know a day set aside to honor mothers and acting like it's a woman's right to kill babies and protesting on mother's day you know when you're supposed to honor women who had babies who are investing themselves and sacrificing for the babies that they did not kill and then you're going to have people protesting on mother's day to argue for the right to kill babies (laughs) and yeah of course the media would call these things like peaceful protests and so on but you know there were some protests that kind of you know would remind you of the summer of love in 2020 (laughs) the antifa riots and stuff like that now we have some examples of that with the wisconsin family action office they're a pro-life advocacy group and a leftist group that the office referred to as anarchy 1312 some articles will say that the group was called jane's revenge you know probably Jane Roe <laughs> so whatever the case whatever they're called there this group uh, threw two Molotov cocktails through the window of the office there and these cocktails didn't function correctly so then they resorted to manually starting a fire there you know because the purpose is to start a fire and the cocktails through the window didn't work so they started the fire they put their logo to say who they were and with graffiti on the wall that said if abortions aren't safe then you aren't either Mm. nice kind sweet women's advocates here right (laughs) yeah we'll put some links in the show notes referring to this i have one that's a little closer to home oh yeah (laughs) on mother's day there was some vandalism up in fort collins Mm. at a catholic church oh yeah where they broke some windows and spray painted on the doors the words my body my choice and Mm. some sort of satanic looking symbol on there so you mean like a pentagram type thing i think so it's a little bit hard to see with the spray paint kind of blurring together but yeah it's probably that but yeah they didn't set any fire to it, but broken windows and the spray paint is enough to have some cleanup mm-hmm. and cost to the church there, too. So a little bit closer to home with that one. And 
Hmm. What I was reading was that there were at least five different pro-life centers or churches that were threatened or vandalized on that day, on Mother's Day. So Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't just in Wisconsin. There's New York, and mm-hmm. I think there might have been Pennsylvania, if I can remember correctly. There's Wisconsin, there's Colorado. Trying to remember, it might have been in Phoenix, Arizona. I was thinking something in Georgia. Oh, in Georgia maybe. too. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. yeah. Definitely um, enough. Yeah. And they're calling that peaceful. Oh, of like course. You said. It's peaceful if they're not just dropping missiles or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. So the Wisconsin Family Center, it seems to be the one that got a lot of the focus because of the vandalism that happened there that broke through the windows and burnt damaged furniture and stuff like that. So. We also have uh, some voicemails <laughs> that they got, and yeah, this mostly peaceful too. Now, I want to warn you, if you don't want to hear some things that are kind of scary, you know, you might want to fast forward the episode. I mean, uh, where I got these quotes, it censored the bad words in it, but <laughs> like just to show you how peaceful these people were as they left voicemails. <laughs> Okay, so I have some listed. One said, burn, little Jesus freaks, burn, burn, burn. (laughs) Uh, Another one said, trying to kind of sound like sarcastically nice, but, you know, it says, hi, I'm calling because I read about the fire in your building, and I'm calling because I'm curious if it was arson or rather the good Lord showing you an example of hell and where you belong for being such a misogynistic bleep. Thanks for basically going out there daily and making sure that women can't have control over their own bodies. And I'm so thankful that the good Lord finally took action on people like you, you know, Mm. like, okay, you know, how many pro-life people do you hear about committing vandalism, arson, and talking to people this way? Some pro-life people might be a little rough around the edges, but for the most part, compassionate people trying to make the case for life and pregnancy resource centers trying to help women deal with difficult situations and give them free stuff. Not free Molotov cocktails, but, you know, here's another one. You're going to burn as well. You're all going to burn. You bleep think you're following the will of bleep Jesus. You're following the bleep devil, actually. You're just evil little bleep people trying to control other people's lives. Bleep next time that bleep Molotov. I hope it bleep doesn't bleep miss. I hope you all burn with it. That's what you deserve. (laughs) Yeah, nice people, right? (laughs) And then finally, here's one. Whoever set that fire is a true American patriot. You people are just utter filth of the planet, and it's too bad your, um, I replaced it with a word, bad mothers didn't abort each and every last one of you. Hopefully you all get cancer for the betterment of all humanity. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So these people, they're, you know... They've gotten a steady diet of pro-abortion propaganda their whole lives. You know, they really think that anyone who is against abortion because they know the truth about human life and it begins at conception and the value of humanity. These pro-abortion people don't seem to have the slightest idea of what the pro-life position really is. And so from these calls here, if this is really what they believe and they're not faking it, like they have been so incredibly brainwashed to think that pro-life people are just mean people trying to, you know, suppress the rights of other people just for the sake of doing that. You know, they're just misogynist patriarchs <laughs> and so the yeah they don't understand or if they do understand they're just narcissists here <laughs> you know yeah it speaks for itself <laughs> now in light of all that <laughs> 
We have someone by the name of Caroline Riley of Rewire News Group who shared a New York Times tweet of this news about the Wisconsin Family Center. And this was her tweet. It said, quote, more of this. May these people never know a moment of peace or safety until they rot in the ground, unquote. <laughs> so in other words, she, along with these type of people, just wish anyone who doesn't think of abortion the way they do that they don't deserve to live they should basically have the most miserable painful life possible or be killed or just know nothing of any kind of peace or pleasure in life until they die you know that's the way they think of their opposition (laughs) do you ever think about the idea so on the pro-abortion people just want anyone who's (laughs) pro-life to be done away with Mm, well when christ raptures the body (laughs) of christ and there are no christians left for a time being then they're going to see what it's like to not have any christians around and to just live how they want and just i don't know it just seems like it's going to be very eye-opening for them that they're worse off yeah and when jesus judges the living and the dead People have different ideas of how punishment is and the judgment and eternity there. But there's the understanding of that those who ultimately, you know, one of these people says, you know, that the pro-lifers should, you know, belong in hell. But the truth is that someone who's like this, who's for killing babies, if they don't trust Jesus Christ, their Savior, repent of the evil, the anti-Christ thing that they believe in here, you know, if they end up in the lake of fire, there is the belief that anyone who ends up going there, you know, as much as they can't stand as much as they're suffering, they would still rather be there than worship Jesus, you know heard illustrations of you know after a million years the illustration of you know taking a soul out of Gehenna and then saying okay repent and then they like say no and then turn around and march back in like that's just the way like as much as they can't stand being there you know they'd rather suffer in Gehenna than worship God (laughs) as he is and uh, yeah so Carolyn Riley, after she tweeted, she got some a lot of backlash from her tweet and then ultimately deleted her whole Twitter account. <laughs> you know, I tried to look this up and tried to go to the Twitter handle there, and sure enough, the account is not there. So I guess, you know, there was enough backlash for this heartless, you know, extremist tweet saying more of this when sharing an article from the New York Times showing vandalism and arson and Molotov cocktails. Like, you know, just the... It doesn't seem that long ago when people on the left and pro-abortionists would actually say, you know, we need to present our case kindly or we don't support this kind of thing, you know, you know, we support killing babies, but, you know, not, you know. But now it's just, it's just become so radicalized that they're so desensitized to any kind of violence. They think violence is a virtue and, you know, just like... Why is it the first impulse of so many people to just say more of this <laughs> and share an article that clearly talks about violence and vandalism and threats to lives? Like, it doesn't even dawn on them that that would be an extreme thing to do and that their people might actually oppose it and they're not patriarchal freaks, you know? <laughs> like, what is this country coming to? <laughs> People like this have just grown up being indoctrinated in Marxism, and that's just the way they think. You know, Marxist revolutionary ideas. Like, they no longer even think like an American anymore. The Christian Podcast Community is a cohesive group of like-minded Christian podcasters. Proclaiming the truths of Christ, truths of Christ, with expertise and passion in the areas of theology, church history, Christian living, evangelism, apologetics. 
parenting, homeschooling, sermons, and much, much more. Much, much more. So check us out at ChristianPodcastCommunity.org. ChristianPodcastCommunity.org. One stop for all your favorite Christian podcasts. So, you know, during that week of Mother's Day, the pro-abortion groups were rallying, doing marches, protests, trying to rally as many people as possible to show their disagreement with the possibility of Roe v. Wade being overturned. And during a lot of those speeches, they would say that they want to burn down the Supreme Court and they want to kill the conservative justices after Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And that just shows how extreme and like you mentioned, babe, how just anti-life of anyone this group really is. And I mean, this is unusual times. It can be kind of scary at times, but just that they're actually revealing more Mm -hmm. of their true selves right now. And this should be an eye-opening time for us Christians to see just how evil this is. And us Christians need to stand up, have a backbone, Mm, and fight against this. We cannot just sit in the pews of churches Mm -hmm. and think, oh, well, yeah, maybe this will pass, maybe it won't. (laughs) No, we have done that for the last Mm. 50 years. And that's why there's more people being willing to be radicalized and you can't just get through it. You know, you have to fight back. I don't mean fight physically, but fight back with truth and be open about truth, be bold with truth, be willing to take the hit, you know, be willing to endure cancel culture. (laughs) Yeah, because these people don't care. And if we don't care, (laughs) we don't want to find ourselves at the end of a gulag. (laughs) Like we have to realize that if we don't want the country to go just down the tubes, it takes good people to stand to avoid that kind of fate. Don't you think so often Christians think that I don't want to come across like I'm bashing Christians (laughs) because I know that it's hard for Christians, but If we think of the different times that God used one person Hmm, to make a difference, like David and Goliath, it was one little boy and his stone that he defeated Goliath and all the rest of the Israelites were afraid to try and stand up against him or Daniel in the lion's den. It was one man who stood up and stood his ground. Well, right now there's more of us Christians than one Christian. Mm. And if we stand together and, like you said, stand up for truth, stand up for what's right, um, make our voices heard as well, because we are actually in the majority of what Americans believe in. Over 70%, and I Mm. think I mentioned this last week, over 70% of Americans want restrictions on abortion access. Mm. They're against the partial birth abortion procedure. They're against minors having unlimited access to abortion mm. or using abortion as a type of birth control. And the pro-abortion people make it sound like they're in the majority, and that is not the case. But we're not standing up. We're not making our voices heard. Exactly, sweetheart. Yeah. And there's more. There's more protests, too. Yeah. And it's, they're not peaceful protests. But I mean, I didn't hear anything about vandalism with this particular one on Mother's Day, but uh, it's bizarre. (laughs) So in front of one Catholic church, there was a protest of people singing some it would sound like a evangelical song, you know, <laughs> singing the words, thank God for abortion. You know, they kept chanting that over and over again, like religious evangelical fervor. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time people are singing this, there was a woman nicknamed crackhead barney (laughs) she has that name for a reason (laughs) and she was like wearing a one-piece bathing suit and had dolls tied around her representing babies that she was aborting and yeah she's kind of dancing around and she actually said things like god killed his son why can't i 
okay, you know, it's, it's not as if Christians say, you know, it was right for people to kill Jesus. You know, he gave his life. And so why would that be something... <laughs> Why would that be a point to make to say, why can't I kill the Son of God? Um, You did, actually, but, you know, (laughs) you want to be on the side of the atonement, not on the side of (laughs) unrepentedly killing the Son of God. And she also was saying, like, I'm killing the babies. You know, she's taking the baby dolls and yeah, something like that, you know, and saying, I'm killing the babies. Like, well, I got to hand it to her. She's, you know, actually saying what abortion is. She wasn't using language to, to say, you know, like, I'm terminating a fetus or, you know, I'm exercising a woman's right. She said, I'm killing the babies, you know. So thank you, crackhead Barney, for actually saying what abortion really is. And so, yeah, it's like, okay, sometimes, you know, it takes people like that to make the news to actually, unbeknownst to them in their crackhead way of thinking, to actually say the truth. Um, Yeah, so put a link to that in the show notes there so that you can read about that if you would actually want to. <laughs> so I thought it was interesting. One of the mantras that came up frequently during a lot of these protests was the phrase that if Roe v. Wade is overturned, that the Supreme Court is taking away rights that our parents had. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or that our mothers had more specifically. Or even grandmothers had. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this doesn't make sense because your mom had the right (laughs) and the opportunity to kill you. Yeah. But aren't you thankful she didn't make that choice? (laughs) And now you have the the right to to have been killed. Yeah. Yeah. It just it doesn't make sense. And I mean, just even the whole point of that they are like pro women and for women's rights, and they call abortion like freedom. But there's so much evidence that abortion is actually more restrictive and more binding to a woman than... Oh, yes. um, Like, she's in more chains (laughs) with the pro-abortion viewpoints because then she's saying that, okay, anyone can use me, and if Mm -hmm. I get pregnant and don't want to be pregnant, then I can just go have an abortion. Well, letting people just use you mm. and you don't have the right or the ability to say, no, I'm not going to let you use me. Mm-hmm. That is more empowering to women to be able to say no. Mm. And yes. <laughs> then you have all the consequences of an abortion. So now you have that to carry through with you during your walk. And I think that the pro-life side of it is just, yes, we care about the babies because they are being killed. But we also care about these women because they are being lied to and they are not being cared for. They're being put in more bondage. And we want to give them this life-affirming message that they are valued, they're loved, they are created in God's image. And we want to help them see that and to be able to feel that freedom that they can say no to unwanted relationships and that they don't have to always be a victim. Amen, sweetheart. Yeah, I think at some point we should do an episode about how abortion, instead of liberating women, how it actually encourages (laughs) abuse and even the patriarchy that they denounce. You know, how it's abortion is really an abuse of women by men, and how abortion also leads to, like, hookup culture and all the stuff that degrades women and objectifies them, basically treats them like the meat market, you know, like, because it really is like that, you know. So abortion is really an abuse of women. I know I have a book, I read a book by Brian E. Fisher. It's entitled, 
entitled Abortion, the Ultimate Exploitation of Women. Men started it, men oppress with it, men can end it. And so, yeah, this book is, I could put a link to this book in the show notes too. It's a really a challenge for men to understand the abortion issue, to show the role of men in making abortion mainstream, and to show that men were ultimately behind making abortion, you know, the lie to get women on board with it so that men can exploit women for their own gain. You know, this is the uh, the side of the abortion issue that a lot of women don't understand. You know, it devalues, degrades them, and turns them into something that men can use and abuse, and abortion gets rid of the consequences for men. So now, quickly, we'll get to the uh, justices, protests outside the justices' houses, and then we'll mention what we mentioned earlier. There's a woman who tried to testify in Congress and couldn't answer a very simple question. There was a, a protest that claimed that they were from Ruth Sent Us, you know, a, a, a pro-abortion group called Ruth Sent Us. So Ruth, as in Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the pro-abortion Supreme Court justice who passed away a few years ago. So Ruth Sent Us, these uh, people protested outside of John Roberts and Brett Kavanaugh's houses because the Supreme Court, conservative Supreme Court justices were doxxed, you know, as in they had their residential addresses published so that people can go threaten or protest, you know, because these pro-abortion people want to make sure by hook or by crook to prevent the draft from becoming the official ruling. And so they protested outside of John Roberts and Brett Kavanaugh's houses on May 7th. Then, if I got these dates correctly, Samuel Alito's on May 9th, and Amy Coney Barrett's house on May 19th, I think maybe before that too, but yeah, so... And then, of course, there's the questions about, well, is this legal? And it seems like the current administration doesn't seem to care. They don't even want to investigate or evaluate because there is a, a federal statute that says you can't do that. You can't try to in any way threaten or protest or try to interfere with the Supreme Court coming to their decision. You can't sway or influence that. And yet this administration is like, we don't see anything wrong with that, despite the the statute, (laughs) as long as the protests are peaceful. And of course, we know from precedent from 2020 what peaceful can mean, you know, like, okay, you know, maybe a few Molotov cocktails and stuff like that, maybe threats on their life. But hey, you know, (laughs) it can still fall under the umbrella of peaceful, right? But both President Biden and former press secretary Jen Psaki, at the time, both have said that they support the protests as long as they're quote-unquote peaceful. (laughs) And then so, last of all, recently there was a pro-abortion advocate by the name of Amy Arambide, I think is how you pronounce her name, you know, who's testifying against the decision in Congress. And uh, she was asked about the difference between a two-year-old, a six-month-old, one who's a baby who's one hour after birth and one who's eight inches up the birth canal. First, she was silent, thinking for about five seconds. You could see that, really, she's never heard this kind of question before? And, you know, you could tell she had to think, because the question is, what's the difference in the baby? But then her response was, finally, I trust people to make decisions about their own bodies. Full stop. (laughs) And, you know, and that's basically the current pro-abortion argument answer to any kind of pro-life question right now. It's to ignore all challenges, all questions, all appeals to science or faith or truth. Any questions that actually require you to look at the humanity of the baby, the unborn. You know, there's even the, the questions about, I forget, there's someone else was being examined around the same time and asked about abortion after 15 weeks and saying, okay, the dilation and extraction method, like asking her, like, so have you performed this abortion 
and have you stored body parts and stuff and he's trying to refer to arms and legs limbs and stuff and then she's this is a different woman, but she was trying to say, you know, I take issue or, uh, I, you know, you're trying to use language to deter or influence, you know, my answers and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> that's the pro-abortion lobby right now. They want to suppress facts. They want to suppress language that actually gets to the issue at hand because they're not even willing to define abortion. When questioned, it's like, okay, can you define it for me you know you're talking about this is a fundamental right and yet they blatantly refuse to define it you know if you're trying to fight for some kind of right why do you want to hide what it is you know you can't tell women tell anyone what this actually is that you're doing that's supposedly a fundamental right yeah, and it's just, well, I trust people to make decisions about their own bodies. You know, that's the answer from the pro-life advocates today. <laughs> so I think that argument is so interesting because it's not even true what the mm. pro-abortion believe. Because if women were left to make the best decision for their own body... God created women to want children, Hmm. to bear children, and it's the propaganda, it's the brainwashing that, unfortunately, our kids get through school very early on, and they're taught to actually be contradictory to how God made them. So, yeah, yeah, I agree (laughs) with her. We should trust women to make decisions for their own body, but... We can't interfere with how God made them and even tell them the exact opposite or lie to them about who God made them to be. So, I don't know, their arguments, they don't make sense, they don't line up, and they are constantly actually putting women down even more. Yeah, the politics today, that's just blatant rebellion against God's created order, but blatant rebellion against the nature that God gave us. <laughs> like nature itself can't in any way dictate to us the way we should treat life you know it's natural for women to be mothers their biology dictates that this is how things work babies come from pregnancy and mothers give birth and that's the way god designed things that's the way you see it in science and nature and and yet we have all this propaganda that's rebellion against god's created order and people want to act like this is what a fundamental right is no the fundamental right is the right to life liberty and property that god has dictated in his word you know proper individual individual rights and proper rights that associate with with nature that God has created for us the right not to be killed the right not to be stolen from but you have the right to your life and you have the right to the liberty that God's given you and you have the right to pursue through your efforts and labor provisions and things within the scope of what God has granted that we should do without infringing on the rights of other people. <laughs> so I think that this verse just seems encouraging after having this discussion Just a good reminder of that God made us wonderfully. So one of our favorite verses is what we have in a few places in our house too. Psalms 139 verse 14. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which is in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are they thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! Yeah, so it's like showing how we're fearfully and wonderfully made, and then it describes how we're made, you know, in the womb, you know, God knows and sees us and designed us, designed how we develop, and (laughs) like, 
this is the way God designed nature. And it's, you know, it's amazing and beautiful to see how the human is formed, you know, from conception, how quickly we develop our features, our members, and even that, like, 21 days we could have a beating heart, you know, that's, <laughs> that's pretty amazing. And it's not like things are added to us. We develop from, uh, you know, a fertilized egg. And the DNA dictates what we'll be like. It's not like the mother is giving pieces to the baby. You know, the baby is an independent organism that develops a fully human at conception. And every one of us are at a stage of human existence and development. You know, it's just that some of that is inside the womb. We don't change from one creature to human at some point. We are human from conception to the grave. And then we also have Deuteronomy 27.25, kind of to go against this abortion culture where the law says, Cursed be he that taketh reward to slay an innocent person, and all the people shall say, Amen. And so, yeah, the abortion industry that gets money, takes a reward for slaying innocent people, which are human beings in the womb. (laughs) The law says you don't take money to slay innocent. I mean, the law also says you don't slay innocent people, period. But the so-called fundamental right to an abortion and the idea that there should be abortion providers that provide a service and get paid to do that. Now, that's something that God has not authorized in his word, has not authorized by his design of nature and us and so that's the fight that we have and we need to make sure people understand that and we're fighting against the forces the wickedness the principalities of this world that want to overthrow god's truth and want to blind people to truth let's say that abortion is right but not define it or explain it you know Let's not answer the question of whether the difference between a human one hour before birth and one hour after birth, you know, let's just obfuscate and confuse and that's how the devil works. And so we hope that you've enjoyed this episode of Truth Espresso. That um, as we're getting closer to the potential overthrow of Roe versus Wade, know that this is not the end of anything. This is the start. Then we know that there could be lots of tragedies happening as people are uh, planning violent threats in the wake of this. And so don't lose heart. Always be ready to fight. Always be ready to give an answer. And know that this is the beginning, then the battle starts at the states and (laughs) to fight for justice and laws and education to help people to understand what this is all about, the value of human life. And uh, stay tuned for the next episode of Truth Espresso and God bless. Thank you for waking up with Truth Espresso. Good morning, and God bless your day. Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso.